This is Culturally Attuned. Brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace in partnership with Burning Man Project. And it's a biological, neurological thing to scan a room and go towards the person that looks like you because it's automatic, it's similarity. And if this person is similar, it's more likely that this person is not going to be from a different tribe that would attack me. So it's a brain question. It's impossible for me to work as a humanitarian anywhere in the world without understanding that because my biases, who I decide that it's worthy and who I decided that is unworthy is going to play a role in everything I do. I'm Dominic Carley, and you just heard from Dr. Carley Most, a psychotherapist and international humanitarian who spent over a decade in Guinea working on community development. In this second episode with Carley, we dive deep into the topic of bias, which is a preconception for or against a thing, person, or group compared with another. Bias is insidious in that it is most often unconscious and it can lead us to regard or treat other people unfairly. When we work in unfamiliar cross-cultural environments, bias can shape the ways we relate or fail to relate to people who are different from us. I'm Brazilian and uh, I was born and raised in Brazil. And I've been living here in the United States for 13 years now. But prior to this time, I spent 11 years in Guinea, West Africa, as a humanitarian. And uh, now I travel the world supporting um, humanitarians to find uh, wellness uh, and to process critical incidents. Um, I'm a licensed psychotherapist and I have a PhD in counseling education and clinical supervision. I am in an interracial relationship and I have biracial children. So social justice is very important to me. When I was in West Africa, uh, I used to wear lots of West African clothes. Uh, I was in Guinea. Um, when newcomers came uh, in the environments that I used to be, I, I was normally met with uh, eyes of disempowerment. Of I would try to talk to people and they would just dismiss me or not even look at me. What I quickly realized was that the fact that I was wearing African clothes made the newcomers think that I was African. And uh, when other newcomers came and uh, they experienced me, they knew I was a humanitarian, their behavior towards me was much more attuned. So our energy can create connection or disconnection. And when people are meeting the other, the brain will start to scan, scan for cues of a social desirability. If the other person perceives that I perceive them as not desirable, they will disengage with me. So another factor also that can create a better connection with other people is awareness of what I represent. Uh, we have our bodies and our bodies are our containers. And uh, I carry my container wherever I go. 
If I'm black, I carry my black container. If I'm white, I'll carry my white container. And uh, what I represent has meaning to people in other cultures. Do you know what uh, being black means to the culture that you're connecting with? Do you know what being white means to the culture? Uh, in my own story, as a Brazilian female, I held a lot of power of decision in my own life and I was seen as a free female. When I went to West Africa, I instantly lost power because I was a female and I was black and in the villages, females didn't hold so much power. The same thing did not happen to my husband. As a white male, the moment he got into Africa, he received instant privilege because of what it meant to be white and uh, because of colonialism. So it's very important to remember those two things, that my connection uh, will be deeper uh, or not according to the way I react to people and according to the way um, I present myself. Race and gender affect the degree of power that a person holds in our communities and societies. Dr. Carly Moose explains how power dynamics are rooted in the physical bodies we inhabit. Normally we assume that people connecting with us have the same level of power. Because in our American culture, and in many cultures of the world, we have the idea of meritocracy and the idea of individualism. It's like, you're an individual, so you're powerful. You're like me. Uh, but when I walk around and I, I hold the notion that you're like me, uh, of course I'm, I'm human and I'm worthy of being accepted and seen, but I'm not like you, I'm black. So when I connect with people from different races, and cultures, it's important for me to be aware of the power differentiator. If I'm not aware of that, if, I'm, if I have the illusion of individualism, that that person holds the same power that I do, then I'm not supporting that person. And again, not in a paternalistic manner, but I need to see that there is a power uh, lack of balance, a power imbalance happening in every uh, connection that we have with other human beings that do not carry the bodies that we do. So it's important to be aware of. And that can support us doing the work of humanitarians uh, because we want to have positive encounters. So people who are white, people who carry a white body, people who carry, who identify as white, they carry a white body, I normally say, be aware of the power that your presence holds. Just the fact of being in the room uh, means power. So if you already have that type of power, you need to act on the contrary. So you need to embrace uh, attitudes, 
uh, body actions of humility and openness and uh, of um, validation. Be very careful about that. Now, if you carry a body that uh, is historically, has historically been perceived as disempowered, like a black body or a body of color, and I say not only black, but around the world, Asian and other types of bodies that do not carry the instant privilege, then you need to be aware uh, that you need to manage the loss of power that you will experience when entering into a culture that's different from yours. An, an African male who is very well adapted in Africa as an executive will struggle greatly when he comes to America because of racism, because of the way American history has been, he will automatically lose a lot of his power and lose his voice, and that can be very challenging. So I help my clients to sit with the differences and to find ways to cope, either giving power away or becoming assertive in a way that is not aggressive. As the brain pursues safety, it also scans for differences. If the brain perceives these differences in a non-threatening way, then it allows for a less arduous path towards connection and acceptance. It was a story that I read of this African-American male that he was super tall and had a deep voice. And he wanted to be a primary teacher, uh, primary school teacher. He could, he, it was very hard for him to find a job because the other teachers found him threatening. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with the, his behavior. It had to do with the perception of tall and deep voice threatening because the brain sends the image. And it's, it's, uh, it's a challenging business, but a beautiful business when you decide to sit with the discomfort in your body and confront it and take deep breaths and say, okay, I'm gonna sit with my discomfort and I'm going to ascribe worthiness and get involved in this relationship and do not disconnect. So it's liberating um, when we are able to sit with the different uh, and be open because then relationships and connections help to challenge biases. Every biases I've had have been challenged by relationships. So when I'm calm enough and I center myself enough and I become curious to engage in conversation, mm -hmm. then I can develop a relationship and that relationship shifts my perspective. Oh, that perception was not accurate. So it's a long road. Sitting with the discomfort of difference is very challenging, but it can also create a space for dialogue, openness, learning, and connection. How we react to and process new experiences can create a blueprint for deeper cultural understanding and long-term adaptation and resilience. Dr. Carolee Most shares a personal story on the importance of being open and adaptive, 
even as our brains are scanning for safety. I think it's very important to be open to adapt to new situations. So people who are resilient are people who just deal with what's presented before them and adapt quickly. I was in this big uh, bus and uh, wearing African clothes. I had a head wrap and I sat and suddenly this man comes and he sits, he sits on my lap. And I'm like, oh my God, he's sitting on my lap, he's sitting on my lap. And I looked around. Everybody was just sitting there going about their business. And some other people are sitting on people's lap too. And then I said, okay, relax because the world's going to be very different and we need to adapt to what comes to us. But the other very important point also that is connected to the ability to adapt is self-awareness and self-regulation. The ability to sit with discomfort, manage discomfort internally without showing it outwardly. I could have told the man, get out and run! He had no idea that I was going through this process, but ability to self-regulate helps uh, to adapt better and to become more self-aware. The first way that you can connect with your energy is paying attention to your body. Uh, when you, the brain uh, will try to do only two things, to keep you safe, and to help you to connect with the others. In order to connect, the brain first is going to check the environment to see that you're safe. So your body is going to feel constricted in a new environment when everybody else looks different from you. So it's a natural body reaction. So when I'm aware of my body in these natural body reactions, I can tell myself, oh, this is normal. It's just my brain telling me to be safe. I'm safe. I'm here because I want to be here. So you can take deep breaths, connect with your body, and manage your energy and tell yourself, I'm here because I want to be here. The people I see before me are potential friends. And then my energy shifts. And another way, a very quick tip to shift my energy when I am in international encounters is to tell the internal, tell my mind the internal mantra. This person in front of me is the celebrity I love. This person in front of me is the celebrity I'm crazy about. Because that will shift your energy to like, ah, what about you? Please tell me about you. What do you eat for breakfast? That changes the energy also. Maintaining a relaxed posture can also send messages of safety and connection and signal openness to a positive relationship. Dr. Most discusses body language and the role of active listening to engage in a respectful and culturally appropriate manner. I'm Brazilian and in Brazil, if you come to a meeting and you go straight to the point, it's, it's unthinkable of. So, if you don't, know, you don't know that, and you go to Brazil, and you go in there and you say, okay, you do this, 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 uh, you won't be successful. So sitting and paying attention, I think that's the point. Sitting, paying attention, listening, 
and uh, adopting a learner uh, perspective. Very open. I don't have all the answers, I'm here to learn. When we approach human communication and building relationships and communicating cross-culture, it's important to understand that most of humanitarians come from a Western perspective. When we are uh, operating in a non-Western perspective, interestingly, a, a significant part of the world is built by oral cultures, people who highly uh, value talking and being heard. From a Western perspective, we are focused on getting to the point, and we will uh, approach a communication with the goal of getting to the point. So with those distinctive goals, it becomes very challenging to have a proper communication. So what do we do? We then adjust and place ourselves in a, in a position that we can increase our ability to listen. The greatest leaders that we know and very effective peacemakers are the people who are able to listen and listen well. So the first step then uh, in order to be successful in cross-cultural communication is to increase uh, your ability to listen, to listen deeply. Um, and also um, uh, to decrease your focus on the get to the point. Uh, unless you're functioning with people from uh, a culture that getting to the point is okay. Um, so I think that's the bedrock of the, proper communication. Of course, then also you can use some um, body uh, expressions that will communication will you communicate openness, like avoiding crossing your arms, avoiding keeping your eyes away from the person you're talking to, avoiding distractions. Um, Avoiding open criticism, because most of the cultures that are orally orientated are cultures that want to save face. And if uh, you express something that can be abrasive, at first the communication is broken because the person felt offended. So tending to the responsibility of the sender. When I engage in international multicultural communication, I'm responsible for creating a sense of safety so that the person listening to me will be able to respond and not to feel threatened by what I'm saying, even when I don't know the cultural codes, and especially when I don't know the cultural codes, I need to put myself in a position of listening, in a position of body and facial expressions that communicate openness. In this podcast, Dr. Most challenged us to examine our biases and be conscious of power dynamics when we engage with others. 
active and ample listening, particularly in cross-cultural contexts, will yield the deepest expressions of safety, connection, and trust. In particular, anyone who is working in a culture that is not their own, whether for business or as a nonprofit professional, must be conscious of the power dynamics they wield with their counterparts in order to facilitate open communication and mutual understanding. What power do you carry in your physical body that manifests itself socially and culturally? How might this impact the way that you are perceived in other cultures? Thanks for listening to this episode of Culturally Attuned. I'm Dominic Kirley at the United States Institute of Peace, and thanks to our partner, Burning Man Project.